Okay, uh, Ty here. Just wanted to drop in for a brief second at the beginning of this whole episode to uh, say that we are, uh, towards the back half, we're discussing an episode that has to deal with racial violence. That's not explicitly police violence, but there, there is definitely something, there is a racial element to it, let's say, no spoilers, and... I figured now would be as good a time as any to to just pop in and say that um, it's easy to forget because, you know, life has to move on. That's that's how life works. But uh, there are still very much uh, people people protesting police violence and and doing a pretty courageous job of it. And we just we all here are. I mean, obviously, you know, from when these protests kicked kicked off earlier this year that that we are all very much on the side of of people protesting for their rights and we just I just wanted to drop in give a quick suggestion that if you're listening to this and you know you would maybe put it to the back of your mind like like I know I have you most likely have someone either in your area or close to you who you could even if you're not at a point where you could go out and participate in a protest which I mean if you can good for you. More bodies on the ground is great, but if not, you know, you can kick some money. Uh, you can go to Bail Project. Bailproject.org does good work. If you know of a local Black Lives Matter or, or general organizing body near you, uh, you know, kick them some money. I know I've kicked some money over to my local org uh, over Venmo. There's a lot of ways that they have for you to help them out, uh, but Anyway, you know, no, there is no obligation that we're putting on you besides, I would argue, what I think is a moral one, uh, that each person can decide whether or not that is something that they believe is is an obligation. Uh, I I certainly do, even if I'm not always as proactive about it as I could be. But, you know, please, if you have money to spare, if you have time to spare, if you can get a body, if you can be a body on the ground, or if you can just you know, give some money to support the people who are, uh, we would very much appreciate it over here. Uh, all right, end of the episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Those Good Old Fashioned Values, the first and hopefully last Family Guy-related podcast on the internet, or first and hopefully last Seth MacFarlane-related podcast on the internet. (laughs) I am your host, Spencer, a.k.a. The Lonely Photon on Twitter, and joining me as always is Andy, a.k.a. X underscore NarcoAnon on Twitter. It's going to be a boring one, guys. Sorry uh, sorry about that. (laughs) And um, we have a guest, Andy. Be polite. And uh, Ty, a.k.a. at Bobo underscore Circus on Twitter. I got COVID. Sorry, Spencer, did you forget to, to introduce Ty before introducing no, our guest? No, no, the, he just introduced me, Andy. Jesus Christ, man. You're, you're, you're slipping, Andy. You're slipping. Yeah. No, wait, I, I, and, we're, we're going to have to go over the details of her employment. Yeah. And finally, uh, we've got a very special guest, one of the earliest supporters of the show, and uh, one of the people who finally convinced me that this wasn't the worst idea I've ever had in my life. At Zoe, aka at Young Kitty Four Hundred Four on Twitter. Zoe, how are you doing? Yeah, that's that's me. I'm 
I'm thriving. Another day thriving. <laughs> so uh. we got to ask you, since we ask everyone who comes on the show this, um, what is your history with Family Guy? Um, well, although I don't smoke weed anymore, I, I was a stoner for a very long time, uh, especially in high school. So uh, I have seen like every season of Family Guy up to like 15, mm. like four times. Uh, and then I stopped watching it for years and then I came back, like, just recently uh, because of podcasts. Well, we're influential. That's very sweet. Glad to see the show can, can reinvigor people's passion for, for, for the greatest animated sitcom of all time. So, uh, we're talking about season 14, and folks, it's, it's not a good one. It's, it's, <laughs> well, I, it I is. Would, I would say maybe a little better than 13, but, like, it's still Zombie Family Guy. Yeah. It's, or, yeah. I think... I, I think we are really at a, a point uh, where I, I don't know if it's particularly helpful to judge seasons on terms of their quality. I think everything's kind of started running together and it's more like just judging because really there's no, I don't know, the storylines don't mean anything. Like the structures don't really mean anything. I really do think it's more helpful to just uh judge it on terms of like the the quantity of good to bad jokes you know it, it's mm. and in that regard i would say it is better than 13 yeah but you know that's not a high bar uh let's ask our guest uh zoe what did you think about the 14th season of family guy um i i kind of uh enjoy seasons like 10 through basically once it gets like hd i kind of enjoy these first few uh, evil mm. dead seasons uh, in a in a sort of in sort of the same way that you enjoy like McDonald's French fries. Um, I can just like truly turn my brain off watching them uh, in a, in a way where it's kind of like a, a hallucinogenic. So uh, fourteen is it's it's not a horrible experience for me. I, I did enjoy it. There were one or two episodes that I was like, this is awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, particularly an app a day. Oh God. The the like phone app one where he becomes a sex offender chris becomes a sex <laughs> offender and he get, becomes like, a eunuch or whatever yeah 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 it's like, what the fuck is this the overarching thought i had about this season and i guess this has been like kind of growing for a while but this is the one where it finally clicked for me is that this really does feel like family guy written by a highly sophisticated algorithm yeah well i i i will say i did notice one thing and this is a thing we've been commenting on since like season eight kind of but so we're all, like, I, I think all of us here are basically Zoomers. So I feel like this, like, something I've been able to enjoy watching, you know, Family Guy from week to week is see how, like, the show gets, well, in, in terms of references and stuff and, like, topics and, and things, gets closer and closer to the present and things we are still talking about. And I really felt that, like, there were a, a lot of more, like, modern topical things yeah. uh, for season 14 that, like... Okay, this is a this is a thing that like you could make this episode today, kind of. So, so also to give a little bit of context, the season aired from late 2015 to early 2016, um, which is kind of like late early. You know, 2016 is kind of like I feel like when a lot of people it, it, it was a big turning point in my life. I'll say the last normal year. Yeah, no, it, it was yeah. before the second impact. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I I put down in my notes that. Going off what Andy said, there is a lot of whining about millennials and the young people this season. And they only get more. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I was yeah. like, like, I think the first time I saw a joke about, like, YouTubers, 
Um, I was just like, all right, this is starting. God damn it. <laughs> I, I don't remember which episode it was, but there's one episode where they have a solid, like, eight minutes of... Oh, it's the... I think it's it's the episode where Tom needs to become cool. Yes. Uh, and they, they have, like, a solid eight minutes of, like, GoPro skateboard footage, which is, like, was that ever... I don't understand, like... Was that, it's, like, a thing that was, like, well, for millennials? The, the thing, I, it's just, like, a weird The thing reference. about Family Guy that's very funny when, when you watch it is the recognition, uh, once you get really saturated in it, like, I think we are, the, the recognition that everything that these people know about the world, like, before or after 1990 is, like, the Jersey Shore and some some half remembered story that their nephew told them, and it's like, and it's just it 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 all congeals into just some weird greasy, uh, uh, uh mirror you know twisted funhouse mirror version of the youth in their heads, and then they put it on a TV show. It's yeah, very this fun. is this this show like in a lot of ways feels like when people make jokes about not just holiday or um sorry Hollywood writers not holiday writers or like marketing departments holiday in that like writers. hey kids you know or like very much we don't know so we're just gonna throw shit at the wall that we see on like our our, our Facebook feeds or whatever like that's that's the the writing crew yeah. family guy at this point uh, th- there's yeah. some for something that came out in 2016 too it's like you know, obviously, there's a long writing and animating process, so, like, they can't be, like, on the draw in the same way, like, South Park is, but, right. like, they missed the boat on so much stuff. Like, there was, like, an episode where they referenced both One Direction and The Decemberists, and I was like, oh, this episode came out in 2010, and then I looked at it, and it was 2016, <laughs> and I'm like, it's 2016. what? Yeah. yeah, I was like, who gives a shit about The Decemberists in 2016? I mean, the joke is good, but... Uh, other than that, uh, yeah, there is a ton of complaining about young people. Uh, this has the infamous uh, "all sex is rape" joke in it too. The season, uh, it's not good. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's pretty bad. I, I yeah. something I, I kind of <laughs> like that one. <laughs> I kind of like the like just like Stewie uh, becoming like a inspired leader of uh, lesbians because yeah. yeah. I think that's his natural hmm. progression. Yeah, Stewie does have a like a fanciful lesbian energy to him. He'd he'd be a great Twitter poster. That's that's not the well. Bad. I mean, in episode three, we learned that he is with such uh, bon mots oh, right. oh, right. as, as Adele's season. boyfriend. What if he wrote songs about how she was bad? Hmm. Which like which was, is really? I mean, honestly, that is really what you need to get ten thousand followers in two thousand nine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Twitter Twitter was so bad back in like. 2013 it was all just like weird twitter guys going like but you know what it is funny there is a lot of nostalgia for that bad era of twitter yeah back when it was all like weird twitter guys going it's like what if what if uh, adele started breakdancing yeah it's a hundred thousand it's a hundred thousand people who think that maybe someday they can be fred delicious yeah. Although, you know, w- there are probably going to be people who are like, what, these people think, like, late 2017, early 2018 was the peak of Twitter? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Twitter's uh, never so, had a peak. Know, it's been bad the whole time. That is true. during the primaries, during the 2016 primaries. That no, was, that was the only good. time I've had fun on Twitter. It sucks. Um, I will say, speaking of things sucking, there's not much to say about characters uh, this season, but I do feel like, wow, they are really stamping up the Brian is a douchebag this season, from what yeah. I know. Like, oh, felt... God, yeah. And uh, that and Joe being a loser, like, they really... Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, in this se- season, 
Brian lies to a random like jewelry saleswoman. There are two pedophile episodes <laughs> for Brian. There's actually there's three, I think. Uh, no, there's two. So he goes into the girls' locker room. Yeah. And has that romance or whatever with but then Meg's there's another episode friend, yeah. in the homecoming king episode he also goes into the girls locker room <laughs> hmm. it's multiple times he's going into a high school girls locker room yeah. i don't know why they were really because that. i think part of it is just like you know since they established the the brian quagmire rivalry hatred thing in season eight well we got to bring brian down to quagmire's level i think that's yeah. that's you know and this is the result i think it's also that like if you watch, like, earlier Family Guys, even, like, seasons, like, six or seven, there's still of, like, Brian feels like a guy in his early 30s, like a bachelor. Now he feels like a, like, Brian is middle-aged, is yeah. a middle-aged dude at this point. Like he I, is... I also think that part of it came from, like, you know, around, yeah, like, season, what, seven or eight, they kind of landed on the tack of Brian is not, like, the voice of reason anymore. Now he's, you know, a little bit pretentious and, you know, a little bit not as smart as he believes he is. And I think that just through comedic heightening for, like, you know, a decade or whatever, they they eventually kind of landed. Like, they, they had to keep going more ways to find how Brian could be a shithead and yeah. they kind of landed on, oh, well, he's a statutory rapist the, the problem isn't yeah. necessarily that like that initial idea was bad because again i mentioned we, yeah. I, I remember talking about that when it was happening in season eight and being like this works but they went it too far and we are now at too far yeah i really agree with that they have to keep upping the ante on peter too but you know i think they kind of work peter i think it works more because the thing about the difference between peter and brian is that Peter still, like, learns a lesson and becomes a good episode in the main plot. He's just a complete monster in the cutaways, mostly. Hmm. Whereas Brian's main plots are all about him being a bad person. Yeah, and Peter's just, like, a chaos demon at this point, so it doesn't matter if they, like, make him a pedophile or bisexual or whatever. Yeah, he's not really a person. He's more like a concept yeah. of a dude, of just a guy. He's just... What if... They were like, what if we just made a guy who was just, like, a dude? Okay. <laughs> um, I'm fucking sick. Okay, so I actually did have a surprising amount of uh, structural stuff I wanted to talk about since, Go like, for it. okay, the 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 wheels are really falling off the show at this point, and you can see, like, you know, earlier seasons you could start to see the seams, but like, there's just no no pretense of even disguising the laziness anymore. Now, I I, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. I think you're correct, but. Because I feel like someone in the audience will point this out, uh, you know, or in the comments or whatever. We have said this for, like, the past five seasons. Yeah. yeah. It's just, every time I feel like, okay, you know, the bottom's fallen out, they just keep going down in terms of structural integrity. Um, yeah. It, it, is like a, it is like a cartoon car with, like, just the frame, and that's it at this point. It's also interesting because I feel like... In a weird way, especially in the, the when we get to the TBS seasons of American to Ed, it's not that they collapse, but there is also a very similar change in structure around this era. Although I think that's more successful, but we'll talk about that when we... That's, that's months from yeah. now. Yeah. So, the first thing I wanted to notice is that, oh my god, the B-plots of this show are just nothing. <laughs> it is, yeah, they're, they're kind of horrendous. They are so bad at this point. Like, they literally just... I mean, for Road to India, which we'll talk about on a bonus episode, but like with Zoe, yeah. But the the Joe Bingo Night subplot, there is a total too, of four scenes dedicated to that. Four scenes, and one of those scenes is like the end credits. I'm pretty sure it is impressively. <laughs> it is literally just the skeleton of a B plot. 
It's the worst road, too. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, also, yeah. the thing is, it is a road, too. Why do you need a B-plot? It's a yeah. road, yeah, two it's episode. Literally, literally the, the point of the road, too, is that it is a strictly Brian and Stewie episode. Yeah, it's a terrible episode. We'll talk about it later. But there are so many fucking episodes where they just have a B-plot because they have to have it. So they have, like, they just hit the beats, just the beats of, like, a television B-plot and nothing else. Which is kind of what they do with the with the A plots, but it's just yeah. like exacerbated. The A the A plots at least get more time. time. Exactly. Yeah. They yeah. Have less also, time also, the and it just I'm really pretty sure there is more time on cutaways than B plots. Yes. At this point. Which honestly should just be all they do. They should just take all that time they spend on the B plot and just put in more cutaways. Yeah. Yeah. I, like you know, again, because some of the cutaways are impressively long, like in Run Chris Run, where. They just have, like, four minutes of them playing games on the NES. Dude, I hated that shit. That, that made me... That was so annoying. It, it felt like a 2012 joke they were making four years too late. Yeah, why NES games, too? Like... Because they're... Because they, they're, they're, they're... Yeah, they're... Loser... They're well, well, okay, we... Like, we, old yeah, that's freaks, the thing. yeah. We call them boomers because that's what well, we you call, call them people boomers. nowadays. But it's 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 psycho yeah, it's Gen X shit. It's older younger Gen X shit being mad that millennials are that they're not cool anymore. That's yeah. that's the thing. The writers, much like Brian Griffin, are going through an asshole midlife crisis phase. Mm. Either that or they just don't care. Yeah. And just put on game in the In the mall episode, Peter's playing like a game from the nineties as well. I, I don't know it's it's shocking to me that because... I feel like most people who are under like 50 have played a video game that's like newer than 2005 or whatever. Yeah. It's so strange to me that they are like, their references are like from like 1993. Yeah, I mean at this time like fucking, you know, the South Park guys were like having them play Call of Duty like on screen. It, yeah, or the WoW. Yeah. The WoW it's, yeah. I forget. I, I don't know. Spencer, do you, Spencer, Ty, do you remember what season the na- the uh, Coast Guard episode is from? It's not season... Well, I know it's not this season, but they make like... Hold on. They make like a a, a World of Warcraft reference, and that that's just like... It's, they, either, they, it's either last season or season 12. They're, I, I, I'm just saying, I feel like they're video... No, I feel like it's later than that. Um, but well, I, I feel... I'm feel seeing like as we're on... It doesn't matter. Oh, I thought the, we already watched is, that. It's 16. The point is, uh, thank you, Zoe. The point is, uh, that their video game references are all bad and old. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. Hey, so, if you're taking a message away from this episode, it should be that the season's bad. Which is some pretty pretty highfalutin uh, media analysis on our end. I I wanted to say, one of the things, going back to the B-plots, what really kind of pissed me off about them this season is that some of the A-plots do really have potential, like the one where Stewie has all these nightmares and stuff. Like, Yeah, that one has some really cool stuff in it. Yeah, yeah. the nightmare animation is great. It has the potential I... to be a really good uh, Stewie and Brian episode, but they just like waste <laughs> so much time on just boring B-plots. I also do think it's kind of derivative of uh, the the good parts of Seahorse or Shell... Shell yeah fucking seahorse party there was a, a period in that episode for the first like minute where i was like oh is the whole episode gonna be him keep dreaming uh, it, that's what it should be yeah. be cool like, you know what i think I, you know what's something I, I think is like when talking about this more experimental family guy is something that like you know we shit on zombie simpsons a lot but you know what zombie simpsons does at least have 
At least Zombie Simpson still most often does have cool couch gags. That's, like, mm. the one thing you can give them. Like, yeah. they at least have, like, an excuse to be experimental. Family Guy Yeah, has the season has no itself. couch gags. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> you know what I mean. They, God, they, they really waste a lot of potential with stuff. Like, again, like you said, Ty, it is derivative of Seahorse Seashell Party, but I will take, like, cool shroom trip animation over... Yeah, at least right. it's something. Yeah, over... It is... What if Peter was... Had a job? That's our B-plot. <laughs> yeah. What if Stewie, uh, fucking... And that's the B-plot? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, best, uh, completely A-plot, uh, episode is, uh, of course, Candy Quahog Marshmallow. We're talking about that <laughs> back house, yeah. I do want to say also this season, uh, I, I think one thing that it does have that makes it unique from previous seasons is that this feels like the most gang heavy season that the show has done so far. Yeah. And that is, that is nice. Yeah, especially the first half, like literally one, you know, every episode or at least every other episode is like either the A plot or the B plot involves Peter and his yeah. friends. Although I, I do feel like the one, one of the things we have been saying that is more positive about the modern seasons is that like, oh, we like, I feel like they do good jobs at giving Cr- Meg and Chris stuff to do. I don't really feel like they get play this season. No, I mean, not this, really. This is not a very... They get the old folks the, episode, I, but that's about... Yeah. And yeah. like... Brian and Stewie also kind of get sidelined a bit this season, um, comparatively at least. Um, it's very much about Peter and his gang, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's too much. I agree. If this season was like five years ago, in terms of Family Guy writing staff, it might be pretty good structurally. Yeah. Of like, we got a bunch of Joe and, and the gang episodes. We, we get less of other stuff, but we get that, like, if it was when the, the show could actually write good jokes... That might be all right, but I mean, let's not let's not give the wrong impression for people who aren't watching the whole season. Like there are, as there are in every Family Guy season, there are good jokes in this season. Like yeah, at least so one or two per episode. On like like even on the bad ones, it, it's just one of those things where they are not hitting the mark as often as they do in like well, okay. other seasons. Good like good like funny plots as opposed mm-hmm. to just funny cutaways. Yeah, one and thing they are, they are all. Oh, sorry, you go, Spencer. Well, no, you go ahead since I was changing topics a little bit. Oh, I was also just going to say that in terms of kind of the kind of the character structure stuff, they, we we are. I think we're also kind of seeing a crystallization of the kind of uh, Chris paired with Brian and slash or Stewie uh, dynamic that they kind of end up really, really landing on as the seasons go on. I, I do yeah. kind of like that dynamic. It's Yeah, it works better than, like, Chris on his own or whatever. Yeah. But it, it is, it's something that, like, I, I think that really becomes what they do with Chris. And, well, and they've done I, it a bit before, but... Well, I, I think I think also, like, you know, talking about crystallization of dynamics, that's just the, the whole cast at this point. Like, mm. I don't think we're going to see any... We might get, like, the amount of screen time might change, the, the specific references the characters make might change... But the dynamics are basically unchanged for the rest of the show. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that's fair. On the Chris thing, I think it's kind of strange that they keep, like, hinting at maybe making Mort's son a, like, a character? actual character uh, and then not doing it. Like, there's, like, I think there's, like, three episodes where it starts with them at the lunch table or whatever, and I'm like, oh, is this going to become a consistent thing? 
and it definitely does not. Well, that that that's because Family Guy has not, outside of Connie, and even then that's kind of questionable, Family Guy hasn't really dedicated any, like, high school characters. Like, they got good, I feel like... Uh, the principal character, he's all right, but everyone else, it's just like, the what? Who are you again? Like, you know, hmm. yeah, I, this nobody's. Is, this is the first season where I think, or the first, yeah, where, where they actually, like, Meg's gang, like, they, they tell me their names or whatever. Yeah. And I do like her gang, but yeah, Chris basically has Well, they're no still one. just all losers. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, can you tell me, can you tell me their names yeah. right now? Patty, Esther, Ruth, and uh, Meg. <laughs> Damn, I'm impressed. Yeah. I could not, and I watched that episode like yesterday. Well, I just watched the Patty episode. Hmm. There's one last thing I wanted to talk about in this first half, and it's the one culturally relevant thing they discuss that is actually of the time. They actually, you know, are on pace with it. And uh, there is a lot of transphobia in the season. Like, <laughs> a... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's... It's never, I feel like it It doesn't get like, unless I'm misremembering something, it's not like A or B plot focused, but it is, they always know how to like sneak it in. It's like, yeah. it's like they sprinkle it into an episode. They have a lot um, of Ida this season, like more than usual. And whenever she's there, there is always just some like little jab for them to do. Yeah, the, the, the weird thing about this is that for all the guff that I think we gave... The, the first appearance of Ida me on the on the bonus episode I did with a uh, number of other trans women uh, I think every time they bring her back they it, they just get a little bit meaner towards her which is weird because like we were we were already somewhat taking the first episode to task but it's just it's just a downward slope although it, it is it is worth pointing out never go quite as far as Cleveland show which no is not, uh, not 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 a defense of Ida Griffin as a character but more of just like Ida Ida Griffin. holy shit that, that, <laughs> she, that married, or, or, she married Brian what the heck yeah. uh you know what I'd like that more that that there are worse things they could do with her as a character uh but no but um what I was is uh like Cleveland show handles trans characters way worse and it was yeah like, even by 2008 fuck that episode yeah Zoe, the 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 uh episode with Quagmire's dad was an apology for the Cleveland show one, we speculate. And yeah. <laughs> that's how bad it is. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I, I almost, there was a period in the episode this season where Peter Lois and Quagmire and Ida are like hanging out for a bit. I don't even remember where that episode goes, but they're like, oh, this is so fun. We should do this more. Where I was like, damn. She's kind of a normal person in this. Mm. Uh, but then they do have that, like, weird, like, oh, it's the specialty sandwich hot dog yeah. joke where I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've been coming here for ages. They even named a sandwich after me. It's an inside-out hot dog slathered in ketchup. <laughs> yeah. Also, something I just noticed because I brought up Cleveland Shaw. I feel like a lot of the Mike Henry side characters don't get a lot of play this season. No. I mean, I Cleveland I remember with a lot the of gang gets, yeah. yeah. Well, no, can, Cleveland gets play, but I mean, like, Consuela, Bruce, Herbert, like, no, no, I feel like those characters don't get a lot of stuff to do this season. Oh, dude, the, the Herbert joke in, uh, the Prom King episode is good. That, uh, yeah, where, but, but, where you know. like, uh, don't make this weird. Yeah. <laughs> Herbert, I also yeah, think. That, that one is good. Herbert gets my favorite joke in the season in, uh, episode, I think it's episode three, where Stewie makes the robot friends, and they're, oh, and yeah. at the end, of the, where, where they throw out the mattress and the robot, like, the ending of the A-plot and the B-plot, and so it's just three little boy robots laying on a mattress and Herbert walks up and he says, there's no way this isn't a trap. Yeah. 
Herbert, that was good. That was the, to me, yeah. that was the best joke of the season. Herbert's the best when, again, like we've talked about this before, but Herbert's at his best when he's not just yeah. like, you know, like a stalker or whatever, or just like, I like being around children, but when he's like indignant and just like put upon as yeah. a pederast, that, that's him at his best. I like the, I won't go into it too much because it's not the season, but I, I do like the like most classic herbert episode where he's like fighting the like uh evil nazi yeah uh pedophile uh i that, that is one i really do like that episode mm. i think he's a good character yeah i andy and i are are pro herbert i am i was pro herbert too uh cleveland show just took the shine off him for me for a bit yeah but i like herbert when he works well thank god we don't have to watch any more cleveland show yeah, <laughs> right, guys? yeah totally I, I mean we don't have to we're doing this completely voluntarily yeah, it's not like people are asking us to watch the Cleveland yeah. show. Uh, anyway, I'm asking you. <laughs> well, if Zoe does, I guess we have to. Yeah, Zoe, you can watch it. I do. I, I watch a lot of the stuff you guys. Yeah, like, I keep up. I keep up with the episodes. Yeah. All right. Um, That's sad. I'm sorry. I remember. I remember texting Zoe. I was like, "The Cleveland show is fucking insane," and then. Uh, Zoe was just texting me, like, question marks and stuff, and, like, what the fuck is this? I did kind of bail on Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't blame you. It's a bad, it it's a bad television show. I get the idea. I'm gonna fall asleep. All right, uh, that's about gonna do it for the first half. Uh, we're gonna go into the Jesus second half Christ, and do an analysis uh, analysis of a couple episodes. Your new romance has you lost in an Asian trance, so we're breaking the spell with a K-pop And we're back talk about three episodes and the first one you know as soon as i saw it i texted zoe since she's been watching a lot of k-dramas um <laughs> it is candy quahog marshmallow uh zoe uh before we yeah go ahead sure sure so this episode i was first of all it, the the very first thing i want to say here kind of ahead of its time it, it the, the k-pop yeah yeah they they saw BTS yeah the coming. k-pop stuff i i don't feel like broke the mainstream until a couple years later so it was surprisingly ahead of its time so i was like oh is there somebody korean involved with this um no but they did find uh the closest thing they could get which was a thai american woman from ohio um which mm. basically korean um <laughs> yeah. sherry sure. sheva provides yeah, the same thing. impressive name uh, apparently they make fun of that name in the first episode with her which is which is cool they do. She she is um. They and they they do it a couple times, uh, like with the with the opening credits. They have a joke where she is the only uh, woman in the writers' room, and you know they draw attention to that as well. Uh, I think she becomes like a showrunner later. I think so. Yeah. yeah, like by season eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, yeah. I would need to say that I thought her name. I thought she was a Greek guy the first time I saw it. I don't know why I was 14 years old and extremely stupid. Yeah, maybe if but... it was uh, 
Dumropolis instead of Dumrong. Yeah. Uh, no, anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love doing phrenology based on names. Yeah. Well, it is uh, more accurate than actual phrenology. Yeah. It is. Anyways, sure. the plot of the episode is that Peter finds out that Quagmire was a star of a K-drama. And they binge the show, but they can't get the last episode. So they go to Korea and, you know, they find the last episode on VHS. And the way they find it is they find Quagmire's old co-star slash lover, Soojin. And so, 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 yeah, so the, the, the Soojin character is, is uh, probably the worst part of this. Don't you agree? I mean, she she's pretty bland, but Family Guy has never been great about female characters she's kind of nothing but if we're talking you know five pointing out complaints spencer i feel like you're the main guy i can reference i feel like a lot of the format they delivered the jokes in are different but i feel like a lot of the jokes in here feel like like a bad like simpsons travel episodes jokes like the exact same kind of lazy stereotypical Mm. jokes you make also like half of them feel like they they were repurposed jokes against like chinese or japanese people like really they 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 can't keep their asian that that is my uh, biggest issue with (laughs) their asian prejudices that uh, there's there's so much so k-dramas are to start television is bad all television is bad yeah television sucks k-dramas are surprisingly good uh in a way that i did not expect i've watched a lot of k-dramas at this point and spent several hundred hours watching k-dramas instead of doing something productive with my life uh and they're, they're surprisingly good there is some crossover with you know korean cinema which i think it maybe helps a bit and then there's some weird like historical stuff with uh the government like paying for those shows but uh nevertheless what i wanted out of this episode i did not get which was any actual uh, reference to K-drama stuff (laughs) at all. There are so many good jokes, so many easy jokes to do with K-dramas that are in all of them and are very basic, uh, and we did not get a single one of them. Now, I want you to ask yourself something. Do you think that the family, the average Family Guy viewer, would laugh at those jokes? I do because I think that some of them are are would just be funny anyways. Like I kept thinking of some on my own. So like the most obvious easy one is uh, is already kind of something that you see in Western stuff from like the eighties or nineties, which is freeze frames. So you know, like at the end of a movie, they like jump in the air and there's a freeze frame. They already have jokes about that in this, but there's a Korean K drama version of that. Which is, it's it's an ending freeze frame, and then, like, a bunch of glitter comes up, and, like, dramatic music starts playing, and then it starts going into, like, a weird collage, and it's always, like, super silly and dramatic. That would have been, like, I think that's, like, the most obvious, if you'd ever seen a K-drama, even once, you would get that. And even if you had it, I think it would still be funny, and they did not have that. Yeah, I... No, I, I, I mean, I do think that if, like, the people writing the show had any actual, like, joy or interest in, like, actually digging into the topics that they did stuff about, they could do stuff like that. I am also kind of with Andy, where I, I don't think that, like, I, I think the they are kind of having to play to the lowest common denominator and that making jokes about, like, the actual structure of K-dramas would probably not go over well with, like, no. the average viewer. Are you trying to imply viewer? that the average viewer of Family Guy is not at least 140 IQ? No, I'm trying to, no, I'm trying to suggest that the average viewer of Family Guy also does not watch Tara's house. Well, yeah, I gotta agree with Zoe. The average uh. <laughs> Family Guy viewer is an Adonis with... Supreme intelligence. Rippling muscle, yeah, rippling muscles and genius level intelligence for sure. So, 
How'd you feel about the song, Parody? It's fine. It's funny. It's not really good for Family Guy. Family Guy has better songs. Yeah. Like, for sure. Well, it's because they're out of their element. It's because, like, yeah. they're good They're good episodes. It just hears us redoing the lyrics to a musical number. Whereas this is, like, we're doing a, a genre that, like, most of the audience is, is unfamiliar with. But again, I guess we do have to give them credit for being, you know, a bit ahead of the curve, which is not something you'd expect from Family Guy Season 14. No. Considering... We spent like a, like a decent chunk in the back half of the episode talking about how often Family Guy is behind the curve. No, I, I agree with that. It is kind of funny to see like they caught this wave before it really hit the West. But also, yeah, the as fun as the video is, it does kind of feel like like you know generic wacky Asian. Uh, uh, the lyrics are pretty antics. I, yeah. I, I wanted to add that. You might be giving it a little too much credit for being ahead of the curve, since I, I remember being in middle Gangnam Star. That's what the, they Gangnam were Gangnam Star. Star, Andy. star, the star of Gangnam. Right. I don't know how. I don't remember yeah. that song's name, but you know, it was the the biggest. It's the co- big it was, cave, it like, was called Mr. Yeah. Gangnam. I don't fuck. What is it, anyways? Um, uh, no, I, it's not that ahead of the curve. I mean, because one, um, uh, as Andy pointed out, the Gangnam Style. No, no it isn't. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. <laughs> There's no the. Anyways, um, <laughs> but also. Uh, I remember uh, there was a big news story uh, in like 2013 about basically on the, fuck, is it the 35th parallel? Where, you know, basically on the demilitarized zone between the uh, South Korean and North Korean border, there was this story about South Korean troops basically blasting K-pop videos at at the North Korean guards. And I remember hearing about that, like, at the lunch table in middle school. Well, OMG, this is everything. I I, I mean, that is is true, Spencer, but I... And and I guess also the thing it doesn't catch on is, like, the American perception of of K-pop, which is more how it's, uh, you know, I I know nothing about K-pop, but I feel like that is the main way that, like, I have seen, like, the conversation chains of oh, that's, that's different music over there that's, like, a big thing, too. Hordes of Twitter... Becoming, you know, essentially a, a, a unified fandom in the West is more, I guess, American English-speaking Twitter. I think if somebody had explained to the writers that K-pop is mostly inspired from 90s R&B and boy bands, uh, this episode would be ten times better. Just making a, like, horny Asian, like, stereotype version of a 90s, like, R&B stuff would have made this episode substantially better and more accurate. I can see that, I guess. All right, so we'll go to uh, the next episode, which was Andy's pick. Andy, which episode was that again? Brokeback Swanson, uh, which, uh, surprisingly, is not does, is not about gay jokes. Um, no. Uh, basically, uh, Joe becomes a quadriplegic. Because he gets and trampled so by taxing. Bulls. Because Bonnie immediately leaves and becomes so tacky. did like that. They <laughs> basically put him in a home. Yeah. They put him in one of one of my other favorite jokes from the series. Uh, quote, a smelly home for the mentally... Or what was it? A, a smelly home for the mentally goofy or something. Meanwhile, this is one of the few instances where I think the, the B plot is a little better. Where Brian... He it actually has some structure. Yeah, Brian sleeps with the woman, yeah. and it's, um... An army wife. Yeah, it's an army wife, and the guy's a Navy SEAL, and the way Brian gets out of it is that he pretends to be, like, a normal dog. Which, I mean, white women yeah. do love to be... You know where I'm going. Uh, you we know, know where I'm going. Yeah, you know. You know. Where I'm going with that. Yeah. Andy, what what stood out to this stood out about this episode to you? I mean, Joe Biden's in it. That's yeah. part of it. Uh, yeah. You know, fucking army wives. You, you know, you hit a lot of the, the big things, but I... 
don't know. I, I felt like this episode doesn't really work in, like, these two plots never connecting each other meaningfully. But I think they're both mostly competent. And, I, and again, like, the, the novelty of Brian fucking a troop wife uh, and getting owned at the end is is mildly amusing, at least. It is weird that Joe Biden just kind of shows up. There's no, like, plot, like... Stewie needing to get him or anything and they he they or like it being like not Joe Biden but someone wearing like a mask or something it's just like I don't know I mean this was before Joe Biden was uh was the next president so I also did like uh I'm gonna I'm gonna someone clip that uh in case in case she's wrong she's probably not gonna be but just in case I also like I also kind of thought the the running of the bulls opening because that's how Joe gets in the the gets paralyzed is because the the gang does a the, does a running of the bulls in Quahog. I thought that was with cute. With the opening, I I mentioned off the pod that I had a personal story with this, which is go uh, for it. Yeah, I had Sam the guy on in the background right while I was cooking. Uh, I was just cooking dinner, and it was something that like I couldn't like leave the kitchen to go like mess with the tv or whatever because it was like you know on the stove and i was like flipping right. things and tr- trying to make sure it's yeah. not burning it would so didn't want it to melt to the to the right pan. right yeah exactly so the hulu app had a very strange glitch where it kept restarting the episode like a minute in so it would do the intro theme song and then get like a minute in and then restart so I listened to that intro without being able to like change it like fifteen times. Uh, <laughs> like the like, I listened to that advertisement for like the running with bulls where you think Spain is gay or whatever thing like fifteen times. Uh, and I think I do need to see a psychoanalyst about it. Did kind of break my mind a bit. It's like, I, it's like I, clockwork i'm imagining clockwork orange too but instead of like you know intense violence it's just family guy well it got it got like even your weirder, eyes which tried is, open yeah i did manage to like run to the remote right and i started hitting the back button to escape and it, it didn't work <laughs> so i like yeah i finally oh, no. got to the remote and it wasn't that's working. the ideal way to watch family guy like i watched a lot of it on youtube where like all the songs are cut out. They have to, like, crop the episodes in weird ways. Yeah, they have to put it in the corner with, like, a golden shower. In there's the a weird, like, there's all these little, like, 30-second breaks with, like, Buddha quotes or, like, something in there. Yeah, it, like, they they edit, like, like every 40 seconds they, like, cut out two seconds. So you literally... Yeah, <laughs> Three times during the episode, there's a musical break that's four times louder than the audio you know of the what's episode. Funny? I think like it might have. It was probably more like the season before this, but this was really when like the Family Guy fun. Like Family Guy clips have been a thing since YouTube was a thing because of course they have. But this is when like the hour long like Family Guy funny moments compilations really started taking off. Um, in terms of just being a thing that, like, they'll show up in your recommended feed in the corner there, and if you click on one of them, you will be treated. You click on all of them. <laughs> click on one of them, guess what? The rest, yeah. like, the next two weeks, here you go. You want to watch some Family Guy? That's how I got back into the show, folks. It's just... You, Absolutely. This is 100%. This podcast exists because of Google's dumb algorithms. Um... <laughs> I think, I mean, I did that too. I don't think it's a particularly uncommon story of how Zoomers started watching Family Guy. Also, is this like, is this the lowest Joe ever gets? Like, I don't think there is a more like episode that treats him more shitty than this one. 
of Probably just... Probably not. I don't know. I do like a lot of the, the Joe jokes in here. I, I like Bonnie just being like, I'm out. Maybe the episode where he wants to kill himself? Wait a minute. I just realized something about this episode. Where the fuck is Kevin? Uh, I Who cares? did a suicide attempt. They said it in the first episode. Oh, that's right. I forgot about yeah. that. Okay, I get... He's I get, dead. Kevin died. I'm pretty sure they bring him back later. Like, that doesn't stay. No, he dead. Um, no, he's dead. No, he's okay. dead. He's dead. He's dead and gone forever. Oh, okay. Okay, I get you. He killed himself. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. Uh, when the garage put a pipe on, you know. I, I I'll, like Biden's son. Hmm. <laughs> I, if Hunter was in this episode, that'd be great. That'd be fucking No, amazing. the dead one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bo. Yeah, but Bo, Bo Biden and Kevin Swanson made a suicide pact. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I don't know. I feel like this episode reminds me of not necessarily good seasons, but better seasons of Family Guy and its structure and plot setup. So that's why I picked it. It's like, yeah. it's not great, but it's it's more like, it's not as held together by duct tape and, and rubber bands right. as, as most of the episodes this season. One thing I, I will say about this season is that even when it's really bad, this is still kind of like a comfy-ish show for yeah, me. Yeah, no. Yeah. There, there's I can nothing. Just throw it oh on. no, for sure. It is as Doi described it, like McDonald's French fries. You just munch on them. I cannot think of a season since like maybe season eight where I like actively did not like watching the season. Maybe maybe like maybe season ten or after season ten where like we got through all the unpleasantness with Meg. I I really yeah. cannot imagine the time where it's like been tough for me to watch this. Yeah, show. it goes down very easy. Yeah. Uh, and you know, again, we're talking about oh, this season sucks, but like you know, I, I'd rather watch like. Four seasons of Family Guy, then another fucking episode of the Cleveland Show. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. five more. I, episodes. If I never have to watch Cleveland, five. no wait, is it five or four? A lot more. Um, <laughs> just become yeah. alcoholics. Yeah. We do. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard. Yeah. We do. That's the thing. That's the thing, Zoe. They do drink for these episodes. It doesn't yeah. help. Yeah. Spencer makes me. Yeah. I, I, I stopped drinking for episodes after uh, the Simpsons guy won, and I just got, like, I just started yelling a lot. <laughs> Literally, when we have an episode that, like, we don't have a lot to talk about, Spencer sends me a D- DM, and he's like, can you drink for this one? Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. Let's yeah, move that's on about it for... to, the, to the, the thing that got, not, that got Spencer excited. Um... Yeah, the big one. Oh, God. Uh, fuck. So, I... A shot in the out. dark. A shot in the dark. So we have been shot in running out of stuff to talk about in these episodes, you know? Like, there's only so many ways. I've been bringing on guests because there's only so many ways you can just be like, uh, <laughs> This, is, this sucks and it's boring. So yeah. I was excited when a classic Spencer episode showed up. This is, this is probably the most Spencer episode we've ever talked about on the show. It is a shot yeah, in the dark. because he's racist. And Peter forms uh what is it a neighborhood watch group he accidentally shoots cleveland jr and is arrested for a hate crime because well he doesn't get arrested for the hate crime until he also burns down their house yeah yeah by accident so right off the bat you're you're not doing great because having him shoot him by accident is not the right way to handle this topic especially since that was how a certain individual Got off claiming... Well, actually, wait, no, he got off by claiming he was assaulted by Trayvon, but never mind. Yeah. No, but, like, talking about this as, like, an act of accidental self-defense is very much the wrong way of going about this. 
yeah you have to be very careful with like stories about getting off on on you know racist violence because because like i i think i think if you do yeah like the zimmerman way it's really i i think if you're gonna talk about getting off on on racial violence it has to be like the old-fashioned way like in your bathroom i i mean i don't think you get that i don't think there's a possible way for family guy to talk about racial yeah. violence. Yeah, no. that, is, that is true. I, I will say, I I think the ending of this episode is kind of okay. Everything before that's really bad, though. When um, Cleveland takes yeah. the blame, I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I meant, I meant the courtroom. Well, no, I, I mean, like, the scene with Cleveland and Peter talking about it afterwards. Like, that... You see, Peter's one of the good ones. Yeah. God, no. Okay. So, this episode takes some swerves you know there's a big courtroom scene and the courtroom scene where basically peter gets a uh, carter peter schmidt to defend him and the way they do it is they basically pull out all of the standard defenses against cleveland jr like you know they hand him a knife it's like it's like or something or they hand him a gun as part of the um cross-examination and they're like <laughs> yeah. oh look out he's got a gun yeah they they basically like uh you know they also bring up his like you know uh you know, son, you know, he smoked weed. He's no angel. Yeah. And it's the only, like, justifiable scene in the entire episode. I Well, no, yeah. I, I... I'm not going to give Family Guy credit for it, but I, I think it at least, like, recognizes that there is, like, a thugification that goes when racist violence is, like, something that happens and, like, has to be, you know, judged. Also, I, I do like the stuff they do where they're just like, yeah, Carter's a white supremacist. I think, I think him being I mean, the, would be. the villain yeah. of this episode does work i i don't think they use him enough yeah i i agree with that i think that had they leaned on that more they could have done you know something more interesting you know what's the thing that that like outside of you know being written by hack writers by a hack writers room is also hurts this is this is a status quo show so you can't have like one of the the main characters shoot someone and then not get away with it and everything has a status quo ending so you have to have it where right. peter griffin does it in a dumb way so it's not his fault, but it is kind of, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's... No, I, I get it. Mm. It's... When you're talking about something consequential, it's tough when you can't give consequences. Yeah, you, you literally... Well, I, I, I guess the best way to do it would just be have consequences and then have it not... Well, actually, no. That, that wouldn't be good either. I don't... Again, there's really... The best way to do it would, not the, to, would be to not do this... The Kobayashi Maru. The, the, yeah, yeah, to not do this episode. Well, so they almost didn't. It. it was delayed twice the first time it was delayed was because of the november paris attacks mm. uh and they replaced it with peter's sister which by the way has the snl actress who did uh ruth bader ginsburg Kate mckinnon um yeah. and then it was delayed again in december and replaced by brofax swanson because of the san bernardino shooting uh, mm. And I'm surprised it wasn't delayed a third time because I'm sure there was another shooting and they just decided to do it anyways. Yeah, I mean, there's always a yeah, shooting. Yeah, when is there yeah. not a shooting? 2016 had a ton of shootings in Europe and stuff. Wasn't the nightclub shooting that it's a year? Tough time. Yeah, like the, the Pulse nightclub. Yeah, it was in like June or whatever. Yeah, Pulse right? was in June. Uh, the I believe like the Nice truck attack was in 2016. Yeah, no, that was a that was a very terroristic year. Yeah. And, but yeah. it's it's a good thing we don't have to deal with psychotic people doing violent shootings anymore. Yeah, I mean, the crisis actors well, no, got a lot of money now. in 2015 yeah. and 2016, that's all <laughs> I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well-paid year. The CIA absolutely snapped. Yeah, they were prolific. Anyways, uh, yeah, no, the episode ends with, like, 
Cleveland agreeing to take the blame, and then they drive away because it's black-on-black crime, which, like, whatever goodwill I had... Kind of a funny joke. Yeah. Whatever goodwill I had for the, uh, the sequence with... Whatever goodwill I had with the sequence in the courtroom, I lost it for the black-on-black crime stuff. And then they talk about it, and they do end it on a decent-ish joke where Cleveland Jr., like... Starts like he's going to forgive Peter, and then he just says, by the way, at some point I'm going to kill you. Or maybe I won't. Maybe I'm just joking. No, but seriously, I might kill you. The best part about Cleveland Jr., I think, is that when they play with, like, is he smart? Is he malicious? Is he dumb? Is he sweet? You know, it's... They, they don't really, they keep you wrong-footed on, like, what his character actually is. I think those are usually pretty strong yeah, jokes. Although this, this topic does try to top, uh, tie into, you know, something we've been saying about Family Guy Seasons, which is, wow, you really have nothing. This is the only Spotlight episode I can really remember outside of someone in the Brown family other than Cleveland gets. You know, like, like I do not remember a single yeah. Roberta. I don't remember a single Rallo. Like, it's just, that family does not exist. Uh, the spanking episode, Donna got some stuff in that, too. Well, that but, was the episode they yeah. came back in, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, other than that, do we have much to say about the episode? I... I I am really kind of... I, I think it's fun to look at, like, how the racial politics shaped it, but there's really not too... too yeah, it's too lazy. On. You know, we talk about how this is this the season's kind of behind the curve. And also, it's weird, like, that the, the, the racial black issue, like, the black violence issue is, like, a commentary on the, the Trayvon Martin shooting when, like, Ferguson was, like, two years ago when this episode aired, I was pretty sure. So, like, it's, it's weird there isn't... I, yeah, that was I mean, what, it's, it's, 2013. Yeah, it was like late. It was like yeah. August 2014. Uh, and again, I guess it's probably good we didn't get any references to that because they would have been bad. But it is something worth mentioning that like the the Black Lives Matter conversation had changed a lot by the time you know this this episode decided to talk about Trayvon Martin and stuff. Mm, yeah. Well, I'm sure you'll get plenty of uh, more recent Black Lives Matter commentary in the next season. Oh boy. Maybe. I I don't know if they'd be that brave, but I'd love to see it if they. I'd love to see them reckon, like try to reckon with Joe's uh, profession, mm. just to see how badly they fuck it up. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. Well, we 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 already know from the trailers they're doing a COVID episode. How would they not do that yeah. though? Like it, it's the only thing Obviously, happening. It's shaped. Anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's gonna do it for the episode. Uh, Zoe, thank you for making this like an actual episode and not just a collective sigh of despair. <laughs> Sure, um, yeah. You got anything I love you want to plug? Fam- family Guy. <laughs> uh, f- follow me on Twitter. <laughs> That's it. You heard it here first. Zoe's plugging Family Guy. If you like Family Guy, let me get the notes Spencer sent me. Family Guy is interesting. Good show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. Good spelled wrong. Uh, the D's backwards. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's gonna do it, uh, folks. Be sure to subscribe to us on Patreon if you like this. We have a couple of great episodes. Why we would have you a... like? Why would they like this? We've had worse episodes, I think. <laughs> yeah. I love Family Guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's a that's a sad statement. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm sorry. I'm fucking. Uh, no, sick. we've had much worse episodes than this, Ty. Um, and. Uh, that's 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 not a compliment to I this think episode. episode was fine, honestly. We Let's just end it. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Yeah, later. Yeah, check, uh, out, check out, out our Patreon. Patreon. Bye. And follow us on Twitter. Okay, bye.